All right, and now on to our interview. We have a special guest, Torius, who is here to talk to us about his Manning course on creating APIs in .NET Core. Hi. Hello. Hey, so uh, Manning reached out to our tiny little podcast and said we have a, a massive celebrity for you to bring on who is going to take the uh, teaching world by storm uh, or something like that. And you are going to talk about your course, .NET Core, which is interesting because we mostly talk about open source. And in my mind, open source is basically almost synonymous with non-Microsoft. Uh, back in the day when I started off programming with Visual Basic 5 and Visual Basic 6 and Classic ASP, Microsoft was doing everything they could to kill Linux and open source, and they were the big bad guy. But .NET Core is open source. It runs on Linux and Mac as well as Windows. So uh, what do you, what made you pick uh, .NET Core to learn about and go on to teach rather than Go, Rust, Node, Python, Ruby, something that it seems like everything, everyone else is uh, writing their APIs in these days? Yeah, well, first of all, initially, when I started learning programming, I, I did not start with C Sharp. I, uh, I actually started with proper C++, you know, down to basics uh, uh, stuff, uh, just basic C++. And I still know how to use C++. I just don't really use it. I, just don't find the need for it. And um, I guess the way I really started with C Sharp uh, uh, was that need to actually do something. Uh, you know, you, you can obviously make a lot of money with C++. You can get a good job and all that stuff. But uh, I, I don't think uh, there's that much that you can experience in building yourself. Uh, you know, you, you can't really develop a little application uh, that you can release with C++ initially. Obviously, you can do that at some point, but uh, it will take a lot more time and uh, it will take uh, a lot of experience to actually do a proper one. Now, C-sharp is a bit easier, of course, it's a vast language. It's, uh, it's difficult to maybe work with, but I think I started with uh, mobile development. Uh, Maybe it was mobile, and, and at the same time, probably a bit earlier with, uh, with web development. It wasn't APIs. It was uh, more of a web development. But um, I, I did get into um, the whole UWP thing. Uh, I think it was UWP. Uh, I did Windows Phone, some win Windows Phone applications uh, uh, and things like that. Uh, but you know, in general, what I like uh, about C Sharp and the whole Microsoft world is it's, it's all in the same place. And uh, since it's not decentralized, it's not funded by many sources, I, I do believe that I can put my trust into all of that. Uh, you know, it's, it's all going to be uh, quite uh, trustworthy. You know, it's not going to break. Uh, and even if you do some preview version of something, I, I used to use Blazor when, when it came out uh, in preview versions. And uh, it worked perfectly. I mean, there were breaking changes and all that. And then that was uh, obviously annoying. But uh, you download it, and it works. It works. Uh, it may not contain everything you want it to contain, but uh, it actually works. And the documentation is there. Maybe back in the day, that wasn't the case. Uh, but now, if you go online, if you search for something, you get these Microsoft documentations. It's, it's not even documentation. You get a whole example of something. Obviously, if you are a beginner, you probably 
need a course like mine to help you out with all that stuff. But uh, uh, in general, you can really find some good reference with those examples, proper examples that you can just copy and paste in your code and, and move on to something else. Uh, and most uh, technologies, so I'm not going to say languages, but technologies, you know, frameworks and, and things like that, they don't really have as much uh, documentation as, as C-sharp uh, uh, related products might have. Uh, even things like SQL Server, you know, they will have a lot more than some I used this RethinkDB, I think it's called, uh, last year. And uh, it was just terrible. I used it with Go language. Um, and there was no reference. It was breaking for no reason. I Obviously, you know, it's a, a smaller entity, so you won't find as many forum posts and, and, and things like that to uh, deal with maybe some of these issues. But uh, in general, I, I think... Uh, you know, C-sharp is a big product. You have uh, a huge community, and it's structured properly. You have Visual Studio. You have uh, WPF for Windows Desktop, Blazor for front-end, and, and API development. You have uh, all these different things uh, exist. Okay, yeah. I, I thought last I'd heard RethinkDB had shut down, but I see that uh, in they're back, apparently. So I guess they, they went uh, a different business model. So as far as using .NET Core, so your, your course is entirely about API creation in .NET Core. Would you say that's the primary yeah. intention of how .NET Core is meant to be used for APIs? Hmm. That might be somewhat true. I mean, you have .NET Framework for, say, WPF, Windows Forms, and then Windows Services. Uh, you have all that uh, stuff there. But... Uh, if you want to do cross-platform, you have Xamarin, but Xamarin isn't either framework or core. It's just a sort of different thing that never really works. Uh, uh, but I guess, uh, you know, we, we have core for API, and then we can also use it for these services as well. It's not going to be something called Windows service where you drag and drop maybe stuff from, from the toolbox. Uh, uh, maybe if someone used it, they, they will understand what I'm talking about. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit of a different thing. I think it's called worker service maybe on 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 these uh, templates. Uh, I have actually used it, and I have one uh, live that's running. I, I can't say for what it is, but it's it's running and it's running quite well. Uh, I'm not running it on Linux, uh, but uh, you know it runs on Windows. Uh, so then the possibility is there for it to be uh, on 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 Linux or something else. But that's as much of that uh, uh, cross-platform stuff as as I can you know really find. Uh, uh, but I guess they have improved some performance with .NET Core, and, and there's something in there. Uh, but now they have this .NET 5 thing going on. It gets a bit confusing, which is something I don't really like. Uh, but, uh, you know, it all works. Uh, it's just a bit of confusion going on there. Okay, so since it's an API, are you imagining people are going to use this as a backend for websites, or are you thinking like a mobile-first type of uh, situation where you're going to have people writing code either natively or with one of the cross-platform uh, packages like Flutter or Ionic that would use this kind of API? 
or is this more for a local within a business intranet type of application? You know, the way I based the course, uh, I really went into the basics of uh, API development. Uh, I didn't want to specify the front ends. There's no front end included uh, uh, in the course. I do Postman as as a way to actually test and showcase these uh, uh, requests and resp responses. So I think it can be adjusted in in both ways, and uh, I do believe this is the beauty of an API that you can do a web application, you can do a WPF application, not just mobile. And of course you can do then mobile with that one simple thing and, and, and one simple um, development piece. Excellent, yeah, I mean, that's the correct answer. I mean, an API should be agnostic about how it's being used, but I was just, I guess, curious if uh, the choice of .NET Core indicated anything about preference there. So you were you were talking about using Postman. Does that imply that your sample uses JSON as the um, the transport? Uh, yeah, well, with .NET Core API development, you're kind of almost forced to use I shouldn't say it's forced. Uh, there are ways to maybe do that a bit differently. But yeah, you go about with JSON and uh, and you know if, if you connect a front end now, uh, uh, say Blazor, not even Blazor anymore, WPF, uh, you have this new sort of a library, HTTP client. Uh, I can't remember the full namespace, but uh, you can now just kind of download the whole JSON thing and it will convert in a, into a class object, you know, directly. There's no uh, need to do another conversion. It is a bit tricky, there are still some things missing, but uh, it's just a great thing. And you can upload it uh, the same way, just uh, provide your object into the parameters and uh, it goes through and that's it. Yeah, I completely agree. I like the use of JSON everywhere. I know that uh, in the past, WSDL and SOAP were what Microsoft really liked to use, and gRPC is getting big, especially in anything to do with the you know, Google uh, suite of tools. But I think JSON is the easiest to work with and the easiest to, you know, you can test it with curl and wget, so that's great. So my, I, like I said, I used to, I came from a Microsoft programming background and I've went to open source and I haven't looked back. My biggest problem in the last five or 10 years when I've tried to use Microsoft products, which is normally say I needed to integrate with a Microsoft SQL Server database from my Python code or Go, I found that Microsoft products worked ama work amazingly well when your entire stack is Microsoft. If you're using Microsoft SQL Server, you're using one of their languages, you're using Active Directory, uh, everything, it just super smooth. But as soon as you try to, for example, access Microsoft SQL Server from Python, it's a huge problem. And how, so how well does .NET Core work with non-Microsoft backends, like for example, PostgreSQL and MySQL? Well, I have tried it as, as I mentioned previously with uh, RethinkDB. I said I worked with Go, but then later I had to do a little conversion. I, I, I can't get into many details on that, unfortunately, but uh, uh, you know, I did try it and uh, it was sort of better than doing it through the Go language, uh, but I think it was more because 
C-sharp language is a bit more structured, but then the idea is sort of the same and nothing really works. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's not uh, it's not as good as uh, doing .NET Core and SQL Server. You know, those two match perfectly. Mm-hmm. If you do something else, it's, it's, it's going into third-party integration, really. You know, it's, a, it's like doing, say, Stripe payments, uh, or doing PayPal payments. Uh, it depends on, on that particular library and how, how the library works. It's really integrating a library, not necessarily you know, integrating uh, specifically a database. That's uh, uh, the main point of it. And uh, you know, with SQL Server, you have a couple of options with .NET Core. Someone prefers that one. The other person prefers the other one. Uh, you have something to choose from, and they both seem to, to work quite fine. You know. All right. And with an API, obviously testing is ridiculously important, right? Because you're going to put this thing in production, you're going to have clients relying on it. What are your thoughts on the balance between integration testing and unit testing? And for the audience, I'll, I'll define unit testing as obviously uh, tests that are written right into your code base that you can run, including in an automated fashion, like some sort of build tool like Jenkins where integration tests would be where you'd actually run an instance of your API and have a series of scripts or programs which send expected data in and check to see that you get expected data out. So uh, what is the balance? Do you think you need only one? Which one? How much of you know the other? That sort of thing. You know, I will say this, first of all, uh, for a young project, for a sort of, uh, you know, first release, uh, uh, maybe, maybe. I'm not saying it's it's uh, the case everywhere and, and any time, uh, but maybe you should even avoid the testing at all. Obviously, you, you don't want to release it completely untested, but uh, just connect it to what you have, uh, go through it yourself, and, and that's that. Now, again, I'm not saying that's uh, the best way to go or anything like that, but uh, uh, what I'm saying is sometimes it happens that People develop, develop these applications, and they never get released. You know, they just sit there, the code sits there, and then they run out of money, and they haven't even tried it, and they have four of these tests, and then you change something, the test doesn't work, and then there's a new developer already there, and there's no documentation on the testing. And uh, I guess that's another thing I want to add. Uh, if you are going to do these unit tests, if, if you're going to bother writing them, at least describe them, give some documentation on them. Uh, you know, I have taken over a few projects that had no documentation. I just had no clue, uh, you know, what the password means is supposed to be already in a database for, uh, you know, unregistered user. I just had no clue. And, uh, you know, it's really a waste of time because I would just have to rewrite it. I just have to you know, reimagine it all. So do documentation and really consider avoiding that uh, if, if you don't have too much risk, if you're not dealing with money especially, you know, uh, it's probably better to at least consider that. Okay, now your course itself, since I guess that's uh, the main reason we're, we're talking, we haven't talked about what's in it. So if any for anyone who understands the basic concept of what an API does, I can assume, and from reading the table of contents of the course, that... It just teaches you how to do those things, but in .NET Core. But you have a whole series of videos and put a lot of time and effort into it. I know how much work goes into that because I've created a course, a video course myself. So uh, can you talk a little bit about 
what's in the course and what someone who took the course would learn and be capable of building for their personal project or for their for their work after doing the course? Yeah, so first of all, it's the basics, okay? How to upload something and how to retrieve something. Request and response, HTTP request and response. Now, there are some parts of it that can be a bit tricky, okay? Very return types and uh, uh, what you send in, where it goes, where it goes into the header or into the body and what kind of body it is. Uh, it could be some JSON body, but it could also be form data. Uh, so I explain all those different ways to do that. And uh, initially, I explain the setup of routes, uh, how that whole thing interacts with everything, because each and every programming language has a, a different way of, of doing that. Uh, I should probably say framework, not uh, programming language. But uh, we, we do have different ways of doing that. And uh, uh, with .NET Core, you have a controller and action. And then later we get into these uh, attributes, uh, action filters, uh, okay? It's an attribute uh, which is an action filter. We get into that. Uh, now, that kind of thing just adds on the action, which is explained in the course, but uh, it, it helps you to secure the routes if you need that. Uh, uh, that's why we use the action field, and that is uh, explained as well, and the dependency injections are explained as well, which is uh, something that's, uh, I think it's quite easy to use. I don't think it should be used everywhere, but uh, uh, I think if you're going to have a job interview, if, you, if you're going to uh, apply for something, you should at least know what it looks like, and that's why I'm trying to show people. It's really not terribly difficult, but I think, if you go online, look for it, uh, the explanations will be quite bloated and uh, for no good reason. It seems to be the sort of thing that's considered very difficult for some reason. There's no real reason to do that. It's just uh, a different way to basically reference uh, your class. I, I could put it that way. Um, you know, and um, that's where we get to. Now, there is also an example included. It's, uh, uh, registration and login and authentication kind of a thing uh, from the API point of view. And, uh, you know, we, we do the authentication. We get the token. I show where the token is placed and, and how everything should be hashed, not just thrown into the database. So a bit of a bigger example to kind of bring everything together. And, uh, you know, that's basically the whole course. We start with the basics, and then we, we deal with some security issues of those action filters and uh, then some useful things, and then we kind of wrap it all up. Okay, well, I really like the, uh, the fundamentals of what you, the thought you put behind that, because I totally agree with you that when I go to try to learn something new and I go look for an example, I want the simplest possible working example. I don't want some kind of thing that has extra abstractions put into it that I don't need to know at that point, because that way you don't understand what's the new thing you're trying to learn, what's the syntax versus what are some of the idioms of that language or framework, and that's really annoying. And as far as the keeping it simple is always good, but there's a certain amount of security that every developer is responsible for no matter what, and I think login is the first and easiest place for us to mess that up. So, yeah, that's... It seems like a, a good fundamental uh, foundation, which 
is kind of redundant, but that's all right. So I guess the last thing I have, and when you're a creator, you see reviews and people put, you know, positive things, negative things. And so often it would be so nice to be able to actually talk to that person and respond to them and, and have a dialogue because some, the review just sits out there and it just, uh, you, f you feel like when you can't respond to it, you feel kind of impotent. So I was looking at a review on your course, which included the term superb content and indicated that you present concepts clearly and with good examples. They did have a slightly negative uh, follow-up, which was that it you then move on to a full-blown project, and this is a quote, no beginner can follow. So based on you know what you've said here, I'd be a little surprised if that was your intention. Um, can you address that and maybe respond to this person and, uh, you know, Give a, give the listeners uh, an understanding of of how scary this big full blown project actually is. Yeah, well, I I don't believe it's too scary, but uh, you know, going from basics uh, into something of a real world nature will always be a lot more difficult. Uh, you you just have to sort of accept that and. Uh, you know, uh, I, I I wish it would be easy for everyone, you know, to, to go from that basic stuff to, to one of my examples. And, uh, you know, I have courses where um, you see a lot more examples uh, and uh, they are maybe a bit smaller, you know. Uh, but then in the end, I usually try to maybe, if I'm doing examples at all, I try to make something a bit bigger that kind of brings everything together. Uh, but, right. you know, you, you kind of have to accept that it will be a bit more difficult than going through the basics part. And uh, it's really, for a beginner, it's not about understanding everything perfectly uh, from that simple initial example that you will see in a course or examples. Uh, it's, it's more about seeing what it will look like at some point, you know. You get something from the example as well. You get a few tips and tricks and some bits of advice, and that's all great. But uh, you should not think that you'll understand everything perfectly, that everything will come together perfectly, because, uh, first of all, it's, it's a big piece of code. It might be a big piece of code. And uh, even for an experienced developer, even for an experienced developer in that particular field, it will be difficult to understand. It will be difficult to read uh, someone's code, even if it's explained many times, you know. And uh, you really can't expect uh, for that to be very easy, you know. I mean, uh, it can always be simplified, but if it's too simplified, uh, it won't be what we could call real world anymore. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, if you're giving them the code and they can also follow along and type it in and they can get it working. That's a working framework. They can then adapt to whatever their personal project is. And they've got a fully working realistic app as opposed to a toy. So that makes sense. And, and the, th the thing is it's, you don't know as an expert or at least as someone who's been doing it long enough to be able to teach it, it's impossible to re-enter the mind of the beginner and realize what things we're taking for granted that other people might trip over or not understand. And that's just, I don't know any way around that other than maybe teaching in person and getting the feedback. But 
there there will never be the perfect balance because you're never going to have the perfect student for your exact teaching. So, but yeah, yeah, I, that's true. I I think that there's just people don't understand what goes into it, and I hope that this person was able to actually take the example and and build something with it. So, great. All right, is there anything you would like to add? about the course or .NET Core? Like, can you convince me or somebody to, to try it out and check it out when we're not a .NET Core developer? I'm not sure if I can convince you or anyone else to check it out, but uh, I think, uh, you know, we have .NET Core for API development, and uh, we have now Blazor for front-end development. So if you're looking to learn a new language, uh, and do full stack development, C-sharp would be really the only way to go, the only proper way to go. And you might say JavaScript exists in the back end, but it's not really JavaScript. It's a bit of a different thing. And C-sharp is C-sharp. It will stay there, and uh, it will be strong, powerful, and uh, full of performance. All right, excellent. Well, thanks for coming on the DevThink podcast, and I hope your course does really well and that people actually leave comments and feedback because they don't leave many on my course. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. Okay. All right.